Good morning, Meat Suits. Welcome back to Read It and Weep. We are a good podcast about tropical rainforests. I'm your host, Alex Falcone. You can follow me on Twitter at Alex underscore Falcone. And I have a great panel with me today, none of whom regularly use Twitter. So I'm just going <laughs> to bypass that portion. They all have Twitter handles. You can find them, but they will probably not notice. Yeah, just don't. Yeah, so first up in Northern California, it's Mr. Ezra Fox. Mom, Dad, I'm home. Uh, are you my new sister? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was real chill about having a 20-year younger sister. He doesn't that know how... Do you think you could like know exactly how old you are in the jungle? Yeah, what else are you doing? You just not you just counting the days. Tree. Yeah, counting the days on a tree. I, I, like I mean, it, at some point he went through puberty. He grew a beard. I mean, he must know he's aged. No, there's no way. Like, here's the thing: his parents didn't tell him anything. Information was not widely available at the time that he left. Uh, oh, that's so I don't sad. Think he know. He, he was like, his dad definitely never told him about puberty. No, that's true. His we dad... also are assuming that the time is the same oh, inside man. versus outside. Well, yeah. and I don't he think went it from is. being a child actor to being Robin Williams, so I think that's about 21 years. Yeah, but like. Twenty-six years. It could go faster or differently in yeah. Jumanji. At, at the it's very true. least, it's probably a different time zone than New England, right? So there's at least yeah. eight hours off or something, right? And did he Definitely. go close to the speed of light as he approached the jungle? Mm-hmm. Right. right. So it's, it's a different age. We also we got to factor in all the lore that the new Jumanji recently added. Mm-hmm. So oh, shit. have you watched it? Do you know about lore? We have. Yes. Yeah. It's uh, excellent. You've all watched it. It's really it's good. Great. No, I know yeah, it's good, it's like an, it's we're going to watch movie. it for the Rocktober. I just didn't know you guys are already caught up. I watched it when it was out in the theaters. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Anthony, you also And I three. didn't regret it. No, not a bit. Anthony, you <laughs> saw it too? Yeah, I enjoyed it. Jesus, good. I'm the only one who doesn't know the current lore. Oh, uh, yeah, you're way back. Yeah. We're going to hold it over you and yeah. spoil it for you. It'll be great. Oh, There's no. lore. <laughs> Spoiled. Lore galore. Uh, right, also, jo- also joining us today in Portland, Oregon, is Mr. Anthony Lopez. Uh, I was going to try to just scream in a high-pitched scream like David Allen Greer does for most of this movie, <laughs> but I don't have it in me right now. I'm sorry. You know, I good effort. Appreciate really it. solid David Allen Greer impression there, Anthony. <laughs> just, yeah. Anthony just like points to a moment and just like shrugs. Just yeah. pretend I, I look well, like David Allen Greer. Had- we had this whole thing with the microphone, so I didn't want to scream into it. I thought it would be rude. Yeah, it's um, good. I mean, not. But, a, I, mean, I was gonna say A for effort. I guess it's like like B minus for effort. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I want to. I have thought a lot because I watched this. How many movies in like the mid to late nineties that a, there was a character whose sole purpose in the movie was just to scream in a high pitch, like girly scream at stuff. Like, mm-hmm. a lot of movies did that trope. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it was interesting because he did scream, but he was also, like, kind of chill. He was, like, he took everything in stride. He would scream, but then just be like, all right, back to work. Yeah. Well, I mean, his reality has been nothing but hell for the last <laughs> 26 years. He's had a crazy <laughs> reality, <laughs> that guy. He you know? invented athletic shoes and marketing. Like, mm-hmm. he's gone through and then and got nothing for it. I mean, he's gone through a lot. Well, he's also the guy who, like, destroyed a machine the day his boss's son disappeared. So there's no way the boss didn't connect but he didn't those actually two in his it. head and right, take right, it out right. on him, right? Yeah, he was treated as if he had done it. All right, also joining us today from Queens, New York, it's Lisa Battle. 
My father couldn't even hug me. You think he could chop me into tiny little pieces? I think those are separate skills, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know what they had to do with each other, but I kind of liked that weird dichotomy. Like, it was I mean, like, yeah, like if you can't hug someone, you can't murder them. And I was like, oh, yeah. that's interesting. This is episode number 445 of the show. We've now done as many episodes as the number of people who reached the summit of Mount Everest in 2017 from the Nepalese side. Hmm. That, um, yeah. That sounds tiring. <laughs> it does. Uh, way easier than it used to be, though, apparently. Uh, this year it was over 700 people who summited. Uh, and that is a, it was a new record. Also, this year, um, a Sherpa achieved uh, the new record of having a summited 22 times. Hmm. Good, good job, Sherpa. Yeah. Um, I should also say for our listeners, uh, if we sound tired right now, it's because uh, I guess like uh, Lisa got stuck in the board game uh, for like 45 minutes uh, and her internet stopped working. And then, but we finally rolled a five or an eight. And so we're good again. 45 <laughs> minutes to roll a five or an eight. And you know so what? You'd think it'd be easy, but man, it was, it was not easy. I've uh, aged. I've aged a lot. <laughs> I think we all changed. Looks good on you. I have you. a new sister. Yeah, I think you're yeah, crushing it. Well, I'm going to be honest with you guys. You're going to have to talk me back into playing. I'm all gun-shy now. You know? <laughs> you know what, Anthony? Just hand over the dice. You don't have to play. Oh, oh man, that thank trick. God. Oh, yeah. that might be... I forgot about that. That might be one of my favorite things in the movie is when he tricks her into playing by rolling, by moving his hand. Oh, what a good Rose one. the jungle, man. Yeah. Rose the jungle. <laughs> get used to it. Get, because there are other games you can trick people into playing where it's like, it's like, okay, we don't have to do tic-tac-toe. Can you just like cross off over here saying that you don't want to play? No problem. Yeah, yeah, you just just sign your name as an X right here. <laughs> well, guys, I want us all to make a pack and like put our hands in and say that we won't stop playing because okay. that was really meaningful for me. Uh, okay. That's yeah. what they did at yeah. the it um in uh, never mind. Uh, man, my uh, brain yeah. is fucked up. Lisa, we will not stop playing except in twenty seven minutes. Uh, you know, in case you have to like do something else and more important. Okay, yeah. cool. We'll we'll make sure we win within 27 minutes so you can go to your ice cream social. So speaking Excellent. of ways to live dangerously, this week we're talking about Jumanji, the 1995 action comedy based on the picture book of the same name, um, starring Robin Williams, Kirsten Dunst, and a group of CGI monkeys that were drawn by that woman who restored the Spanish painting of Jesus. <laughs> uh, great. Why are we why are we watching uh this? And more importantly, why not the other Jumanji that apparently everybody watched but me? The reason is it is Jungle. Welcome to the Jungle, you guys. Uh we're watching jungle movies for the whole month of June, and I am really enjoying it. This one's fun because we took the jungle, brought it into New England, so it's keeping it keeping it lively. And uh hopefully we'll be able to come back and watch the other the sequel, the um, the Welcome to the Jungle version of Jumanji starring The Rock during the Rocktober. I'm really hoping. Uh, so if you want to force... Oh, but and also what happened was we put all the jungle topics into the v- Meat Buddy voting machine and they picked this movie. Uh, they picked Jumanji and they picked the 1995 version. That's the real reason. So if you want to be able to uh, steer this ship, go to readdustweep.com slash meat buddies, become a meat buddy, and you too can vote in upcoming topics on our pun-themed months. Now, we have to do this kind of quick, so we're going to jump into the summary portion now. Please make corrections as necessary. Here's what's happening. The year is 1869. <laughs> um, and Wait, you have to go back even further. No, nope, the, that's the first to one. To the first part. <laughs> 1869. 
Well, well, so probably in 1868, was, someone was like having a bad time with this game, and then they buried it in 1869. Yeah. No, sure. before that, there was like horse, horse and buggies. Yeah, and that's stuff. that's this one. That's 1869. <laughs> Chill oh, out, Lisa. <laughs> There's this 1969 one later. This is the 1800s oh, one. Yeah, that one. Go ahead. Okay, so the year is 1969. <laughs> Who knows nice. when things happen? Really, I think I'm on Lisa's side here. Anyway, so these two, these two boys. How was the Jumanji remake not pick up in 2069? What I, yes. I like the remake, but wouldn't that be a better? Like... You guys, we talked about doing this quickly. We are four <laughs> words into the summer. Okay, 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 okay. Please keep going. We were four words and a parenthetical. Het nice. <laughs> Um, that's as far as we got in. So there's two boys, and they're burying a trunk, uh, and they are afraid of the trunk. The end. Now, the year is 1969. (laughs) Nice. And Alan Parrish is a weird kid getting bullied by a group of terrible child actors. And for those of you who haven't been there, child actors haunt me as well. And he decides that, uh... He's going to get away from them by playing around in a poorly supervised construction site. And then as we all are, he's attracted to the sound of tribal drumming coming from the dirt. He paws at the dirt and accidentally unearths the trunk. Yeah. And brings it home and finds inside it a very handsome hand-carved old-timey wooden board game complete with ivory playing pieces and ivory dice. And back then, everything was made out of ivory. It's real sad. But... (laughs) Broader strokes, Alex. Broader strokes. (laughs) Sorry, I got really upset about the ivory. <laughs> anyway, he tricks his girlfriend into playing. Um, Not girlfriend, but kind of girlfriend. Continue. Yeah, just friends. Yeah. Not anymore. Because of all of okay. his problems, uh, he tricks Sarah into playing along. Sarah Whittle. Uh, and he tricks her into playing the board game, and she's uh, bored, but she does it anyway. And with each roll of the presumably ivory dice, the beautiful hand-carved tokens move themselves. Broader strokes. And then a bad poem... <laughs> And then a bad poem appears in the center of the board game. It's pretty creepy and neat. Uh, uh, Each poem, though, announces some shit that's about to befall everybody who's playing. The first poem makes a bunch of bats appear. Mm, Mm -hmm. African bats. Mm. And then uh, uh, the second poem, his poem, says you have to... uh, yeah, the second poem says you have to wait in the jungle until someone rolls a five or an eight and gets sucked into a board game. Real crappy luck. Um, it's not he good turns this into game. a flat man too. It's cool. Yeah, the, the, this is kind of cool uh, technology. Uh, so he gets sucked into the board game, and sh- uh, his his girlfriend, not girlfriend, panics and stops playing the game. Uh, yeah, even though chased by bats, yeah, just right? chased yeah. by bats. But like, come on, they're bats. Um, they're <laughs> like. There's All right, Alex. Some time have passes. By, Everybody yeah. thinks he was murdered. Let's keep going. So. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, the year is 1995, which isn't sexual at all. Two kids uh, are brought to live in that same, very same house, except now uh, it's derelict because Alan's father was assumed to have murdered his child, and no one believes Sarah Whittle that he actually was sucked into a board game. It's tough to get good, uh, I guess, house cleaners when you think you, you know, you've murdered a kid. In the I house. mean, the whole town. Ta- so not only is the house just the way it was, but with with some sheets over the stuff, but also like the factory was abandoned in the middle of the day. There's just shoes outside the factory. No one has cleaned anything in this town f- since the murder. That was you know, just littered the streets. Yeah, it's, uh, the alternate timeline that the, this game creates is like the worst timeline. Frankly, the one we're still living in. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna uh, say. Know, like, in this, I think like, the bats are still out there. We're living yeah, in the world like, where Alan Paris was murdered. 
We really need Alan to say Jumanji at this point and send yes. us all back. You, you think it was economic mean? anxiety, but really it was everybody lost their jobs because of Alan's dad giving up his yeah. shoe factory after murdering his child. It was but, really important. It was a vital shoe factory. The yeah, whole I mean, movie boils down to daddy issues because his dad wasn't like didn't know how to show him love. Yeah, his dad so didn't love him. Then he wouldn't have played him. the game. Right. He only played the game because his dad didn't love him. Yeah. So that's why we just play blame our game. dads. Yeah. I'm no, this is a board dad. game. This isn't baseball. <laughs> baseball is also a boring game. I said, that's well, that's true. I, but but sports you play because your dad didn't love you properly. Board games. <laughs> Because uh, you, you don't want to Don't tell me how to enjoy myself because my dad didn't love me. Right? <laughs> I played plenty of games. All right. Fair enough. So uh, these new kids, they hear the drumming as only children can, apparently, mm-hmm. and are attracted to the board game in the attic. They find it. Again, really nothing going on in this town, so they decided to just play a board game. Well, they're orphans, and they were supposed to go to school, but they didn't. Yeah, they were about to go to school. They were orphaned, excited to go to school, and then, oops, board game. Let's just stay home and play. So um, technically, because the other two kids each took one turn and left, and there are two other tokens, that game from 1969 (laughs) is still happening. And so uh, the two kids each take a turn, and they are now part of a four-person game. Uh, the first turn causes giant wasps uh, to be released. The second one releases... Mosquitoes. Mosquitoes? I think they, they got wasps at one point. They said they? itch, though. Yeah, right? I think they're, they're like, like scary steroid mosquitoes. Yeah, well, those were not normal glass. jungle creatures. Those were yeah. bullshit. That's one of my favorite things about watching the movie this time is I had never noticed the strange subplot of, like, people being killed by those mosquitoes yeah just around town yeah people like 80 people have had symptoms and having violent seizures and like that's just happening in the background of jumanji yeah they're just like the realtor died there's a whole outbreak uh that's happening at the same time basically so right like like dustin hoffman like and Rene russo like are there oh yeah same universe yeah. yeah. So uh, they and then they also release a group of monkeys and just like the wasps slash mosquitoes, um, these are not like the just the normal version you'd find in a jungle. All of them are out to murder. So the monkeys throw knives and later mm-hmm. also have the ability to handle handguns and drive motorcycles in groups. These are yeah. murder monkeys. Yeah. Also this is also made made prequel like to, to Planet of the Apes, right? Polygons. Yeah, they are yeah, <laughs> poorly animated. The, the graphics... Anthony, tell me if the, this is a, a thing that I definitely wanted to talk at some point about. Tell me if I'm wrong about this, but I feel like maybe the mid-90s are the time in film history that ages the worst because we were just starting to play with this, and so they were doing stuff that they weren't actually capable of doing that now looks horrible. Yeah, I mean, you, there's like... You know, it's like, okay, there's Jurassic Park and Terminator 2, which mm-hmm. I think still, mo- mm-hmm. for most of those movies, hold up visually very well because they used CG very little. And then Hollywood was like, oh, we can just do it for everything. Yeah, go on. And then we got into like kind of the dark ages for a few years. Yeah. This does not hold up. At all. I mean, the monkeys are so awful. It's very, very funny. Um, so the, this is all going on around town. and uh, But fortunately, uh, Alan rolled doubles. 
So he gets another another role, which releases a lion also out for blood, which is just I don't know. I've seen but a lot then of lions. He's chill at the end and just like hangs out in the master bedroom. Yeah, it turns yeah, out he, he was just, not. Yeah, he's like, I like this bed. It's cool. That's the, and that's the most <laughs> lion thing he did was just yeah, chill. What is this tough to needle? I like it. Uh, so. Yeah. I mean, doesn't the lion really feel like they had like a bigger idea, and then they saw that puppet, and they were like, How "Yeah, about we just pit it in the back room." <laughs> yeah, we could. <laughs> oh man, because the puppet didn't hold up either. Anyway, so they no, the lion is in the puppet. room. Oh, but then he also rolled a five or an eight, and so Robin Williams bursts from the board game. Yes, that's right. It's Alan Parrish, now aged to his mid thirties, and is, uh, looking a lot like Robin Williams in Jungle Chic, scaring the Doing kids. What? Robin Williams does best, which is a grown man in a, I mean, a child in a grown man's body. Yeah, yeah. Reverse. He's only cast uh, that all the time. Yeah. He, like, Robin Williams' <laughs> entire acting career is big. And <laughs> yes. uh, so he's playing big, and he's running around scaring the kids. Um, and uh, he gets in some funny scrapes, because he's, like, too jungular for modern times. And it's like, all oh, the cops are curious about him. And, and then he goes and tries to visit his old haunts, including his parents, who are now just haunting. Um, they died. Uh, and, uh, if you thought that joke was harsh, you should have heard the joke that the groundskeeper at the shoe factory played on him. Do you guys remember that? Oh, like I see him sometimes over there. Yeah. This is the best part. He goes to the shoe factory. There's a guy, a caretaker, and he's like, Hey, have you seen, uh, the parishes? And he's like, yeah, I see them now and again. They're over on Elm street. And what he means is they're dead. And that's where the cemetery is. I mean, first off, Alex, he's not the groundskeeper. He's a hobo squatting. Yeah. I wasn't clear on that. He was smoking a pot, a pipe and seemed like maybe he was like a a groundkeeper, but well, did it? Okay. So didn't I kind of, uh, especially because the, uh, the, the remake sequel thing plays a lot into like video game tropes as like a big part of its humor. But that guy really seemed to me like if Alan walked in and asked him a question, he would just repeat that same exact yeah. dialogue. Like he seems <laughs> like a video game NPC. He's like, yeah. my life is I hang out in this room with this dog and anyone who comes in, I tell him what happened to this factory and I tell him where they can find <laughs> yeah, the That's parents. true. That was definitely his <laughs> thing. It. But it was for a kid who's asking about his parents who hasn't seen in 25 years, that is a brutally misleading way to say he's seen them recently. But I mean, he's not a kid. He's a yeah, and he Robin didn't know Williams that he was terrifying. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I wouldn't trust still, Robin man, Williams. I don't know if someone's like, "Have you moment. seen these people?" You might mention that they're dead. That just seems like a normal human decency thing to do. Sure. So he can't find his kid, or he can't find his parents. He's real sad. But eventually, the kids convince him that they needs to go back into the game because uh, that's the only thing they can undo all of this terrible damage. Um, so they go and rustle up their fourth player with childhood friend Sarah, who has now grown into a palm reader slash spinstress. And uh, oh, Bonnie Hunt, my friends. Yeah. She's the crazy recluse maternal figure that I just always want in my life. I mean, <laughs> I enjoy her. I really enjoyed Kirsten Dunst, man. Uh, the Dunst really uh, held this movie together for me. She was very really? funny. Yeah. I was yeah, all see, about Bonnie Hunt. Uh, yeah, see, I, I'm with. Uh, I'm with Lisa here. Bonnie Hunt to me is like, I egg once a year. I think, man, I wish she was my aunt. You <laughs> know what too. I mean? Like, I just, Bonnie I just, Aunt. Like, Bonnie yes. Aunt. I just, like, she would be such a good aunt. I, I just, think she would. But but like the child actors in this movie were kind of hit and miss. But Kirsten Dunst is a fucking treasure. I just was so impressed. Yeah. I thought she was so fun. And you I think I've like liked her everything she's like been monkey in. Boy. I think I like monkey her. Monkey Boy was cute when he was more monkey. 
Yeah, he he got way better when he was in the monkey prosthetic. Um, uh, so anyway, so they track her down. They they trick her into playing the board game, uh, and then they just battle a series of bad CG monsters. There's a giant carnivorous plant, a stampede of animals, a mustachioed game hunter who purchases a modern sniper rifle and chases oh, them around. Oh yeah, because that was so before mass shootings. Like I, mean, I was so that weirded scene, out by watching that scene. He references uh, the post office, right? Yeah, that yeah, scene did not hold funny. up. That was, and then so, also when they're in the the store and everybody's still like just hanging out while somebody's shooting around. Well, like, they're not. Yeah, they're not hanging out. They're looting. They're like. Yeah, they're well, looting. Well, there was a like, rhino in the, the street. Cops. Time to loot. Yeah, but then they're like, "There's a guy with a gun. Call the cops." I'm like, "You're looting. Yeah. Why are you calling the cops?" <laughs> Let he who is not looting cast the first stone here, man. Uh, the deal. Very bizarre. Yeah. So that's, no, I mean, don't you know if you see a child rigging together something with a canoe and tanks. You're like, oh, the kid's on top of it. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah, no, pretty no, no. incredible. Somebody's home aloneing this bad guy. It'll be fine. You know what's funny? Because the more he turned into the monkey, he actually turned more and more into MacGyver. He and did. I, was like, I don't know how that happened. He built a rocket sled <laughs> trap to get rid of really this Really quickly. It was very cool. Uh, but and he, he knows to put on a welding mask because, hey, safety folks, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's all Even in Jumanji, safety folks. <laughs> we don't monkey around with safety. Uh, <laughs> so the, uh, yeah, the Jumanji. Um, <laughs> zero days since our last major injury. Um, the, uh, the scene with the, I do want to just dwell on the scene with the gun for one second. So he's got a turn of the century hunting rifle that runs out of bullets. He goes into a gun shop. They're like, we haven't made those bullets for a hundred years. And he's like, cool, just give me an auto machine gun sniper rifle. And the guy's like, well, there's a waiting period unless you have money. And then he gives the guy money, skips the waiting period. And then the gun owner says, you're not a postal worker. Are you in a hilarious 1995 joke about uh, workplace violence? And Mm -hmm. it, no part of that scene held up. And it was the only... The CG and the gun joke did not hold up. Everything else about this movie I generally liked. But yeah. those two things were like glaring oversights. Can we also... You kind of skimmed past the vines. Yeah. And the vines have haunted me until this like very mm. moment. Like, oh, yeah. It was yeah. actually me confronting the vines. Oh, good. I How watched this go? movie... Yeah, I watched this movie and I couldn't finish the movie. So I actually haven't seen the ending. Because Still. I was so scared. Yeah. Well, until now. Oh, I now have seen it. Oh, okay. But I was so scared, and I had months and months of vine nightmares of vines coming in while I was sleeping and, like, going through my flesh and killing me. So I asked Lisa if she would join us last week for Predator, and she said no because she doesn't do scary movies. And then mm-hmm. I said, this week we have a non-scary movie, Jumanji, and she was like, I had nightmares about that for years. <laughs> it's a scary-ass movie, guys. <laughs> It's totally a children's like horror film. Like, yeah, it, everything's yeah. trying to kill it, kill them like legit. And then there's a man trying to hunt people. Like, that's true. It's not no, he's only trying to hide. Yeah, only Robin Williams though. He has plenty of time to shoot the kids, and he's like, "Nah, you didn't roll." Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm just after true. Robin. So they eventually, uh, uh, they they're def- running away from all this stuff, and they just keep playing the game, but not as fast as they definitely could have, and. Um, Eventually, they finish the game, and the game uh, just erases the last 26 years. So it turns out uh, this whole thing was in an alternate timeline now. It Mm -hmm. disappears. We go back to when Alan and Sarah are kids, except Alan and Sarah still have their full adult memories. So Mm -hmm. they are now in... They're now 10. They're now in like fifth grade, walking around with the memories of having been a fully realized sexual 30-year-old adult. Well, I think only one of them had ever 
I'm assuming be a fully realized sexual adult. I'm pretty sure Robin Williams never got to do that. Unclear? I don't think she did either because she kind of said, I was a spinster and no one ever talked to me ever again. So I think is... they both were sort of trapped in Sure. That so maybe they were way. both 30-year-old virgins, which is fine, yes. but uh, they still had adult memories as kids. They were they were emotionally 30, and I just don't think that's a, an okay thing to have in a kid. I... That is creepy. Here's what I think. You should really everyone everyone right now, all right, should mm-hmm. memorize at least one set of lottery numbers. True. <laughs> just in case. Just in case we ever this get Jumanji back to our childhood. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's good. I mean, definitely you could just remember Justify wins the triple crown, that'd get you through. Okay. I mean they uh, yeah. do do better, just, like in the great alternate point. Yeah, that's true. In the yeah. alternate reality though, he's like way successful. Um yeah. and she's pregnant well, and the guy didn't ruin the the cop has a better life. Right. And, the cop invented um, sneakers now. Yeah. That cop was great though. And but what was greater? Actually, I think the hero of all of Jumanji are all the cars in the nineteen nineties. <laughs> because they could withstand stampedes. We do not they build them like we used to. Like, yeah. yeah, that's what I said. I'm like, that is a straight up awesome car. That like car reliable. Took some, took some shit. Like it's mm-hmm. got to be a Subaru because it just there's a lot of love there. I mean, my and d- my dad, stampede. That's what this, makes a Subaru a Subaru. At this time, <laughs> at this time though, in 1995, my father was driving a Saturn that was made entirely out of plastic. So <laughs> this is definitely well, not. They all were like this. This cop car was a an old steel American car. That's mm. true. But also, what about the car that the guy gets in and then Stampede goes over it and he's still That's fine? That's true. He survived in the Stampede. <laughs> Actually, my... Well, so let's let's use this to get into compliments. So, Ezra, what's your... We, we start to end every show with a compliment. That's the movie. Uh, it's called uh, our major compliment. It's called our compliment sandwich. The major compliment is the first one, the big one. Ez, what's your first compliment and major one for Jumanji? Um, could I request an open-faced compliment sandwich for this show? Yeah, so normally we do a compliment sandwich, but because of Lisa having to leave and because of our hour of technical difficulties, <laughs> we're going to do a compliment tostada. So we're just going to do the one and done. So this is your this is your compliment for the movie. Um. Okay, so uh, it's going to, I guess, like a, a two-parter. Uh, um, well, you so just asked us just to do, do one compliment. No, no. You <laughs> greedy bastard. <laughs> I want a bonus one. I don't want to have... You know, it's, it's, this is my compliment, all right? This is not, you know, it's not Alex Shame Hour, all right? Um, no, so uh, there's a, a That's really a great podcast. Yes, <laughs> it's a but separate similar, podcast, and yeah. I don't listen usually. <laughs> um, uh, so there's this uh, awesome YouTube series. Uh, it was uh, called Every Frame of Painting. Yeah. Um, and one of the uh, bits they talked about was like um, Robin Williams's uh, like movement, the way he moved, and um, really like there's several like really good bits and pieces they pulled out um, uh, during that video essay uh, from Jumanji. One of them was. Um, like the mom and dad I'm home moment basically where he's just like he's kind of like ripping through the house and like just like how he's like running like at full speed and just like slowing down partway through as the realization kind of dawns him and then the, the, oh, the camera move along with yeah. that it's it's like a really cool tracking shot because like he's running alongside and we don't even see him um, anyway um, every frame of pain is great uh, Robin Williams moving around is great um, that's, a, that's a really nice moment and okay cool Oh, okay. that was your double. That was, was for the, yeah, the movie and every frame painting. Okay, that's fair. Uh, yeah, I've got six minutes. Let's Complimento do this. stata. Oh, I like the axe um, to get an axe. I think that's a funny oh, joke. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, th- I think it's solid. I think it's funny when you pick up an axe to try to get the axe and then realize that you have an axe in your hand. Oh, that's that was funny fun. to me. Yeah, so yeah. the kid is like, he goes to the shed to find the axe. The shed has an old lock. He looks around, grabs an axe, tries to break the lock, and then realizes. <laughs> 
that's the that's axe. an axe. You got an axe it, right it's there. The, the, axe the axe is the right axe there. that you made along the way. And <laughs> the axe was inside you all along. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he realizes the axe was was him just believing in himself and he goes back inside with the axe. That was funny. My my compliment is for a, this movie had it, this, one of my favorite things in a movie is where every minor character gets a little thing. Um, yeah. Everybody has something about him. So like we talked about the cop, Carl, who is unflappable. He screams a lot, but also just <laughs> keeps on trucking no matter what happens. He's like, Mon- monkeys tried to shoot me on a motorcycle. Well, I'm still a cop, man. Got to get back to work. Um there's also that guy who lives in the shoe factory. Uh, I thought was funny, and then there's also the there's this exterminator who's like in the '90s is like, nah, there's no African bats around here. One girl thought she saw African bats 30 years ago, and like, he just remembers every extermination that's ever happened in this town. And then he's like, anyway, you guys are 10. Do you want to hear about a murder? <laughs> He was great. And then my favoriteest favorite minor minor character was the stampede uh, is rhinos and elephants and birds and tons of stuff. Slow rhino? Slow rhino. Uh, (laughs) There was a tiny fat rhino that every time the stampede went by was like huffing and puffing trying to catch up with the stampede. Yes. Every time that made me laugh. Could we stampede slower? Yeah. What a good, what a, and like just, just given like that little bit of attention to another, like to a scene that's not about him. I love it. Just a, a great little minor character. So basically, no retreat, no surrender the whole movie. Uh, yeah. Ampl- okay. Anthony, compliment Tostada. Uh, okay, I had like a handful of compliments. One of them was the axe thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And going then last my is a real bingo game. Compliment was going to be uh, the the rhino, the fat rhino. Boggle. So yeah, it was a real boggle that thing. Was You're just crossing these off. Watching both of those things taken right in front of me. Now uh-huh. I know how Alan's dad felt. Uh, so yeah you know his pain yeah i know exactly his pain um, lost everything so you know oh god if i had to come with another compliment for it um i like uh i like how bad okay here's what i will say i mentioned this <laughs> last week about how every time i watch jumanji every few years I always think, man, those monkeys did not age well before the movie starts, and I'm always surprised by how much they did not age. They aged worse than I remember. Yeah, it's always and worse. I want to give you guys a check-in. 2018 ground floor, <laughs> still lower than I thought it was. So They're shockingly bad. And I, I'm sure it's not the people's fault. They did a good work as best they could with the technology. But man, they don't look like monkeys. But well, you know I mean, what looked thing... good was the prosthetics. I thought, like, yeah, I love prosthetic make... makeup. Yeah. And I yeah. thought that kid's makeup was awesome. He was adorable. And he was more and more a monkey, more than the, the CGI. And that's totally. why. Why do we get yeah. away from practical? Practical is Well, the always practical better. lion also sucked, though. So that's the important but thing to remember. He was kind of adorable. Yeah. <laughs> he was cuddly, at least. Um, but I mean, right. like. The thing yeah. with the monkeys is the reason why I come back to them is because I just remember, like, so much of the hype for, like, mid-90s movies, event movies like this, was, like, look at what we did in a computer. Yeah. And I just remember <laughs> they were so fucking proud of these monkeys. I just remember them shoving the monkeys in all the ads, <laughs> doing a bunch of behind-the-scenes, like, the HBO making-of thing, being like, you're not going to believe these monkeys. And it's just like... <laughs> They were so proud of them, and now they just look so bad. 
Um, it's like we always say on the show, though. It's mo monkeys, mo problems. Yeah. You think you've yeah. got it made, and then the monkeys are there, and it's only going to cause you heartache. Um, we're going to have to take a quick break. Lisa's going to have to leave. Thank you for Wait. being here for half the show, Lisa. Enjoy Before your ice cream social. Before I can I just say my one point that we oh, haven't yeah. mentioned? You can say whatever you want. It's, this good. Is your, it's your I just This is like my last moment. It's just that the property damage in this movie, <laughs> I was just yeah. sitting there going, as an insurance like file claim, like how much crap and how much money are the, is this game going to cause? Because yeah. like, so many cars... So many, mm -hmm. uh, like, stores, and just, like, then there was water damage. Like, I just, I oh, was yeah. having, like, I'm not even in that business. Not but to I mention all the 80 problems. people who died. Well, yeah, right. but I was more concerned about the property damage. <laughs> right. Uh, no, State, yeah, State Farm was, was very, very lucky. This ended up being, like, not the real this, timeline. This ended up being right. a time travel movie also. Actually, yeah. I do want to talk about that because this really does bother me. Um, so we'll talk about this really briefly okay. after we come back for the break. Lisa, Bye. thank you. Enjoy your ice cream social. Jumanji! Today's episode is brought to you by our fabulous meat buddies. Uh, and we have a new meat buddy today to thank. Our newest meat buddy is Robert Frost, the cat. Wow. Yeah. I love Robert Frost in human form. And I think I'm going to like him more in cat form. I mean, this is our first ever cat buddy, you guys, or our first ever meat cat. So this is kind of crazy. So Layla from uh, Baltimore, who became a meat buddy back in episode 403, and we played Two Truths and a Lie for her. Um, well, a little bit ago, Layla asked us on Twitter if she made if she made a separate monthly donation in her cat's name, would we make him our first ever meat cat? And Ezra, you know our official philosophy. No refunds. No refunds. So yeah, definitely. Of course we'll do that. I, I enjoy when people ask us uh, a question as if it's like sacrificing a huge amount of our dignity to receive yeah. your money and look at a picture of your cat. I mean, that is very reasonable of a request. So if anybody else wants to make your cat a meat buddy, we will do that. If you want to, if you don't, if you aren't already a meat buddy, but you just want your cat to be a meat buddy in your stead, totally fine. You will though, as required, you'll have to let the cat vote on the topics. Mm. But obviously, you can do that. So, um, you guys, uh, let me. Uh, oh, let me let me send you guys a picture of uh, Robert okay. Frost the cat. I'm gonna actually widen this out for you. Uh, if you want to waste money in a way that you think will make you feel better and give it to us, you can do that kind of like across the board. Oh it yeah, could be yeah, cat yeah. Based or not cat based. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. I, that is a hundred percent a rule of the show is that we will accept your donations. Um, I mean, uh, it's, it's kind of it's like it's like the unspoken caveat, like a corollary to no refunds, is that like we will take your money. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so uh, I'm gonna open this like a new tab. Here we go. Okay, cool. Um, so here you guys go in the chat. You can take a look. It's important that you click on this picture of Robert Frost looking away from us. Um, so uh, would you guys describe this as a uh, is this a Siamese cat? I uh, don't see this link. Let I just sent it in the in the chat. Um, uh, we have a lot of chats open. Okay, I see it. I saw it for on a second. The, on There's... the Hangouts chat on the side of this call. Um. Okay, it's redirecting me. I would say this um, is a, a Siamese cat. Uh, you know, yeah. dark brown, gray, some white spots. It's looking away from us. Pointy ears, but also like good size. Not a skinny cat. It's a yeah, no, that seems about right. Uh, I got that. I like that. It's the thing that has like the, the, the like the where the the fur is very thick and like they like turn their neck. It like kind of spreads out. Yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, that's it. Seems like a good nuzzling cat. I, so, I am for it. So uh, that's Robert Frost. Uh, he's looking away because he hates everything. 
uh, though uh, oh, Layla assures us he, he, the podcast does not annoy him, so it's not personal. I mean, it's he's right. Nothing gold can stay. What? Y'all should read some Robert Frost. Oh, oh, okay. Good Robert Frost joke. Um, I'm, it was a killer Robert Frost <laughs> joke. Did two uh, paths diverge in the woods? Yeah, also that, but he wrote at least two poems. Do they contain the multitudes? <laughs> that was Whitman. Okay. Right? All right. <laughs> uh, so this is, anyway, so uh, the second thing you guys need to know, this is what uh, Layla asked us to do for his Meat Buddy segment instead of playing Two Truths and a Lie for old Robert Frosty the Cat. Um, she asked us to help come up with a new warrior cat name, and she sent us this naming guide, which I've also included in your chat, uh, how to give your cat a warrior g- cat name. So cats are given their names uh, based on different things like their pelt colors and patterns, their attributes, and uh, after plants or other animals that they resemble. Warrior cats are named for something that they rep- also named for something they represent. So, for example, Hawk Frost was given the prefix Hawk for his dark brown tabby pelt and the suffix Frost for his icy blue eyes. They are also sometimes named after uh, previous the owner's previous cats. So Leafpool's prefix Leaf was given in memory of Leaf Star. Sky Clan's leader and potted possibly after Spotted Leaf, while Pool is the suffix when she discovered the Moon Pool. These are the rules of Warrior Cat Naming Guides. You have a picture of Robert Frost the Cat. What is his warrior name? It's a lot of pressure. I, Although it helps that he won't understand it. Yes. I don't understand it, and I'm not even a cat, so... I feel like this is a thing where I can't really get it right or wrong, you know? I mean, I just... Uh, I think, to me, what it says is, can you come up with a badass-sounding name for this cat that is a combination of get, two things? Can we each get to pick one and not think about the... Like, like independently assemble it? Oh, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Uh, I'm gonna say Toast. All right, I I had stapler because that's what was it next to. I thought of stapler because that was on the desk next to this picture of Robert Frost the cat. Uh, all right. Uh, so this so, is toast stapler. That could be a word. Well, cat not, name. Not, not stapler uh, toast. Staple toast. So I found my name for the cat the way I do uh, all names. I typed Robert Frost into the Wu Tang name generator. <laughs> Uh, okay. So his his warrior name is now the Foolish Madman. Ooh. Okay. Um, so there he is. You get uh, f- you get three options: staple, staple toast, toast staple, or <laughs> the Foolish Madman. All yeah. are good. Yeah. Um. I also I want to do something with shade because he looks like he hates things, so he throws shade. But also he's got like a shady. It looks like there's sh- like different parts of them are shaded differently. Shady dumpling. Shady dumpling. All right, those are your th- those are your choices of three three to four warrior cat names, Layla. Shady dumpling, staple toast, and the foolish <laughs> madman. Also, possibly toast staple if you really want to flip it around. So, those are your warrior cat names. Thanks, Robert, for becoming our first ever meat cat, and thanks, Layla. Uh, for donating, I'm going to put this photo in the show notes for today, so you can jump in there. And I would love to get more suggestions of other names, warrior names, for our first um, meat cat. Okay. Uh, Alex, I'm really sorry, but I really got to wrap up. Also, okay. Uh, what what do we have time to do, as? Do you want to do um, the like five minute movie? Yeah, I do want to talk about that. I think it's really interesting. All right, as. Uh, Oh, and we thank everybody for their we thank Layla for their, her sponsorship, Meat Cat, and we thank all of our meat buddies for donating to the show. Meat buddies, 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 meat buddies. And now it's time for the lightningest of lightning bonus rounds. We're going to the lightning bonus round. Lightning bonus round, here we go, we gotta finish this shit up. Ezra? 
for yes. our mini game segment. Okay. What's your new mini game idea? So this is five minute movie. It, it, it occurs to me that a lot of times uh, movies could be a lot shorter than they than they are. Yes, uh, feels like sometimes like a lot of time was spent just getting back to the house where they had to roll the Jeez. dice for some reason. Yeah, why not roll uh, the dice so, in the park? Anywhere. Uh, so so this is a uh, uh, um, you know because movies are too long. Let's just let's just knock this one out right quick. Uh, and also because I have to go right quick as well. I wish I was going to at least this ice cream social, uh, but I'm not. Uh, but uh, but yeah, let's let's um. Let's figure out how do we truncate this one, uh, keep all the spirit, you know, but just like you know, maybe get it down from like a from like a a, a fat like you know, uh, one hundred and five minutes, like a like a slim, f- you know, four, <laughs> four to five. I, four to I five. think Alex kind of hit the nail on the head uh, while I was watching this movie. I kept thinking like, if they just played this in an open field, yeah, that would yeah. eliminate a lot of their issues, right? Yeah. Like, if you were just in, like, on a raised platform in an open field, you could get through a game of Jumanji <laughs> real fast. I mean, if... I'll, I'll... Yeah, for sure. I think, also, even if just in their current setting, because every time they'd be like, roll the dice, and it's like, uh, there is a herd coming at you. You better move. And then you wait 10 minutes while the herd approaches, and there's rumbling, mm-hmm. and you decide what to do. You grab the game. Everyone could roll three turns in that time, because there's no skill in the game. You just grab yeah. the dice, roll, grab the dice, roll. It's like a monkey, grab the dice, roll. Wasps, grab the dice, roll. You could finish this game in two minutes, and then it would just be all the creatures are descending right before they get you, they disappear. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And I'll, I'll, I'll take it like two steps further, I guess. Uh, so so, so one, uh, absolutely just, you know, just roll nonstop, like kind of spam rolling, I don't want to say. Like, don't yeah, even yeah. read. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, I bet this is a cool animal. No time to read it, though. Just, like, just, just roll. Because they always just tell you to run. The, um, yeah, every answer is to run. So also you can just play it while running. Ooh, ooh, other idea. Mm-hmm. Okay, several ideas. Uh, so I would want to, um, <laughs> um, okay, set up in the middle of an OK Go video. Um, oh. where all the treadmills are going, and so like you sort of like you have like the uh, the game board like sort of like kind of like hang up a little bit, and so just when it, the animals spawn, it just sort of like they just drop onto the treadmills that just zoom them out away from you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know if the rhino would be able to, but yeah, I'm gonna do it. Definitely, slow rhino would get flung. <laughs> it's like right, slow rhino would just look at it and be so sad. <laughs> slow rhino would get shit wrecked. Uh, uh, no, I, I, or just again, like you sort of like you spawn it over just like some kind of like you know uh, abyss, right? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, just rhino spawn over an abyss and fall to their deaths, and then you're like, well, I gotta keep going. Well, no, yeah. so right, you throw the game down there, you hang on to the dice, you just keep on rolling, and eventually it's over. Yeah, uh, the, so like basically call James Cameron, be like, hey, can we get into your little sub boat and go oh, to the bottom yeah. of the marine trench? I heard you had an abyss. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll go to the bottom of the marine trench and we'll play Jumanji there and just watch <laughs> elephants spawn underwater. Ezra, I know this is, uh, I know you got to go before you go, lightning bonus round. Um, we had one question oh, submitted by a listener who I really want to get in here, which is our, our good friend at C. Walter Smith on Twitter. Um, Chris, that's a nice, that's a nice, that's a nice sounding person, a nice sounding name. Walter Smith uh, wrote in, and he said, uh, "What would be the worst board game to be stuck in for twenty six years?" Twister. <laughs> At least you're in the world. I mean, like if you got sucked into, uh, you're inside Twister. You are just Red Dot. <laughs> oh no, you're just getting stepped on by people. I mean, imagine like. At- in the game of Clue, after you figure out who who did it, you're kind of just stuck with the corpse in an old house. Well, that's true. Uh, <laughs> you, but there's at least there's a library and a billiard pot. There's some fun to be had there. Oh, there's some secret passages ways. Yeah, I love those. You at least got a house. Chris says the answer is sorry. Um, 
Uh, I, I think Don't that Wake Canada? Daddy would be a real bummer. Like yeah. 26 years uh, of I having just, to be real quiet. Also, this just in. Um, friend of the show, Megan, just uh, put a post-it note in front of my face that says the farm <laughs> game. Uh, which is this is mostly to Chris because oh. Chris made us play this game he found, which is God, like yeah. Monopoly but for farmers, and it's the worst board game, and it's so sad, and it takes forever, and you just all your crops die over and over and over again. If you, it is, it's so yeah, sad. Remarkable that it's remarkable that anyone gets to eat any food. That's why I learned it is it, the, <laughs> the the point of the farm game was it was a written by a, a farmer in Yakima, Washington, I believe, and his point was to show to teach people what it was like to be a farmer. And the point of the game is you go around enough times, you build up enough money in farm stock, and you eventually get to quit your other job and become a farmer full time. <laughs> it's the saddest yeah. game. It's so fucked up. As uh, I'm going to let you go. I have a couple more things I want to discuss with Anthony really quick, and then we'll just wrap up. So this is going to be the show of attrition. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Keep on rolling. Maybe I'll come back out. <laughs> All right. I won't, though. Great talking to you. Right. See you. Um, Jumanji. Jumanji. All right. Jumanji. Uh, Anthony, a um, couple more quick questions for you before we wrap the show. Um, actually, this isn't a question. I just think this is a comment you'll be interested in. This is from at NA Slacker on Twitter. If Jumanji was being released as a modern board game today, it would be a cooperative set collecting worker placement mini game with a trader me- mechanic set in outer space and the past. And that checks out. I have a few friends who are really into board games. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Yeah, that's what they're into. It is. It does seem like we've come a long way in board games since you roll and move and something kills you. Uh, to like now, it's like, well, what's the fifteenth Jumanji expansion set, and is it worth it? Oh, you got to get the German version of Jumanji. <laughs> that one's got all the best rules. We're, <laughs> we're gonna trans. Don't worry. I got a Google Translate thing. Yeah. No board games. Board, there's still nothing as fancy as like the the magical orb as in the Jumanji. You know. No, that's true. And even if you you can buy, so Jumanji exists as a board game now, and it's just cards that you turn over that have these, which is definitely easier. But we also have the technology to make this. Yeah. Where the pieces move, and it's just a little LED screen in the middle. We definitely could do it, and they're just not. Um, although, speaking of building Cowards. a game, um, uh, friend of the show, Nora. Meet Buddy Nora, I believe, sent us a video of an artist making a uh, a replica of the Jumanji prop, and it is phenomenal. And it, it's all done with the drumming sound in the background. It's just him handcrafting it, and it's a YouTube video, and it's very cool. So I'm going to post that in the show notes. And Nora wanted us to know, and Anthony, I wanted you to be here for this. Nora wanted us to know that our, or maybe just my, shit talking of Hufflepuffs a couple weeks ago hurt her feelings which is the most Hufflepuff reaction you could have to that. Uh, but she wrote us in to say, this Hufflepuff is offended AF, which I always assume is me, but I think it means as fuck as well. Um, Hufflepuff is offended, Alex Falcone. Uh, we're the hardworking, decent folk. We're not show-offs like you Gryffindors or sociopaths like Slytherins or both like Ravenclaw. We do our shit and we do it right. And we're loyal. And I don't know about the rest of the world, but my fam's part of Canada. <laughs> yeah, I... I hadn't read to that part, but of course you're in Canada, you fucking Hufflepuff. Um, yeah. The the nation of Hufflepuffs. Uh, ba- but in our in my fam's part of Canada, badgers represent the devil, and they will because they'll fuck you up. So anyway, uh, that's that's the uh, a throated defense. Also, our room is right next to the kitchens because we know the importance of good food. Um, so that's a Hufflepuff defense from Nora the Hufflepuff, who would who would fuck someone up. Uh, so. Uh, I guess I'm sorry to the Hufflepuffs out there. 
that they were offended. I mean, can I, can I say something? You yeah. know, Hufflepuff. You're, you're all that's left, you, Anthony. Please say something. You can you can make yourself feel good without having to tear other people down. You know, I feel like it's a real Hufflepuff thing to do. Like <laughs> you don't. Your success are not measured in Gryffindor's and Slytherin's failures. You know what I'm saying? That's true. You, you know what I'm saying? Like maybe take a look in the mirror and think, why am I a Hufflepuff? You know. <laughs> Yeah. I think that's the right answer. Yeah. Uh, oh, I sorry, to go back a second. That's great. That's a great point. I forgot to say on the board game thing, uh, at Emancipated Wench also wrote in to say, the answer is, we are currently 26 years stuck in Monopoly. That's what it seems like. So Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. You know, the, the housing crisis a few years ago was a dad being like, you're going to finish the game. The game's <laughs> gotten too big to fail. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, all of your rights were chopped up and put in the walls. Yeah. Um, Fun uh, times. Yeah, that was a weird, sad ending. Um, well, I got. I have a question. For yeah, like please. Bonus round for you. Something I, me and my wife were talking about after we watched the movie last night. What would be? Because a lot of people talk about like, what would you do during it? What would be your go-to for getting rid of Jumanji? Oh, because they like. Question. They like one person buries it. They like throw it in the river. They, throw, chains they throw it in a creek in New England, and it watches up on a French beach. So, very yeah, powerful currents. Yeah, um, but like, how would you get? Because burying it obviously doesn't work. You probably can't well, destroy it. Oh, that I mean, yeah, the first the thing is, why didn't they try it? to just destroy it? Like, for example, if you just took the pieces and then buried them separately from the box. Yeah. Or, or the dice. get the, Put the dice somewhere away from the box. Very simple. Um, I mean, the problem is, though, what happens the second you take the dice out and you pin them on the ground, the game did you roll? roll, you know? Yeah, good. Okay, good point. So, so you got to keep them in there locked. Um. um yeah, I so I guess the first thing is why didn't they try to destroy it? But the second thing is just it occurs to me now that your question is presupposing that I want it gone. Right? Maybe I just put it near someone's house who I want to be killed by monkeys. Oh, I mean, I thought you were going to say, you know, like every few years maybe we bust it out, have a laugh. Yeah, no, I mean that's what I was going to say and then I changed it. But yeah, I like every few, I think every few years few years the world needs a good Jumanji. I get that. And Keep I definitely think it would be, you know, because like another thing I was thinking about last night while I was watching this movie, something that's kind of weird about Jumanji is that Jumanji as like a entity, as a force is purely antagonistic. Like yeah. most kids yeah. movie stuff, like it wants to teach you a lesson. Yeah. That's nothing. why it brings you. Well, magic. it teaches you to finish what you start. Yeah, no, and Jumanji not to run just away from wants your dad. you dead. Like, yeah, Jumanji's yeah. ideal <laughs> endgame is four dead bodies yeah. being trampled as a world gets destroyed. That's like, a good point. It's a purely evil thing. I like that. Uh, yeah, that's what, they, like, uh, that's what, like, the monkeys don't show up and are just normal monkeys. They are there to kill you. Yeah, I mean, it's not like, oh, we'll show your monkeys to teach you the thing about not cleaning up your room, right? Yeah. None of the stuff is, like, there to, like, teach lessons to kids. It's, it's just, just there to, kill. to, like, just to destroy a whole city, whole world, you know? Man, that's so funny. That's such a good point. Um, the other, I, Oh, here's here's my idea. Put, put it on a Mars rover and drop it on Mars because the gravity is so much less, you couldn't actually roll the dice. 
Yeah, let it be Matt Damon's problem. I yeah, let Matt Damon deal with it. Also, <laughs> like then that would just be a way to like transport people to Mars really fast. Is you you have them hide in the jungle and then they get Jumanji'd onto Mars. We could terraform it with that with that crazy vine really fast. This is a good I'm idea. I'm a little I had. confused on how that the science of that works, but you know what? I'm gonna go with it's it. It's a Jumanji. Okay, so here's my the last thing that I want to say. This is most a thing that frustrates me. I had not actually I thought I had seen the movie. I had not seen the movie uh before. And so I was halfway through, it became very obvious that there are two options at the end of this. When they finish the game, because it says when they finish the game, all the stuff disappears. So option yeah. one is you finish the game and you get like none of this happened you get time traveled back to when you were a child and you first started the game but you have adult memories which is creepy as fuck which is what they went with and the other option which at the time seemed equally likely to me was the game ends all of the creatures disappear but everything that happened as a result of the game happened and you guys just live in a world that got jumanji and you have to deal with it that's just like and presumably somewhere there's an expert who's like, oops, jumanji again. But like everybody else is just like, what happened? Where was that stampede? Crazy thing happened in New England. And then you move on. And I was so angry, Anthony. I was so upset that they went with the time travel, nothing mattered version. It just, they just took away the whole thing. They just nerfed the whole movie. Well, it's one of those that I've, I've, you know, I've seen Jumanji when it came out as very young. So I've never had the thought that they yeah. would do anything different. Yeah. But I did think into this side that watching it through this time, because I had never really noticed how like novelty poor the town was in the future. Like it's yeah. the most yeah. 1990s version of like what scary is. Oh, look at these. These pe- and it's like it's you know, those people standing around dumpster fires and long yeah, coats. Yeah. Not because they're hurt, but it's like they're on hurt times and their lives are sad and they need help. It's because you're supposed to show you the town is dangerous, right? Yeah. They're, they're people as props. Uh, so it's like with how overly cartoony that is, there's no way they like don't go and reset the timeline, right? There's no way like you show this horrible hell that the whole well, town no, is Well, no, but like becoming. the point of the like the ta- the whole town was a a company town based on American manufacturing of textiles and I just don't see a future there. Like that's just not what's happening anymore. So resetting it and now the factory like now the town is the uh, parish Jews invented sneakers, which is cool and everything, but it's not like that town is going to be manufacturing basketball shoes in the nine in the late 1990s anymore yeah those but jobs you know have what? still gone abroad they got 26 more years than they would have out of it you know what i mean like we can totally agree the second jumanji ends like two quarters later alan's <laughs> jumping out of a window right like he's <laughs> it's the company's shutting down yeah and he's he's gonna you know think even though i did everything differently i still fucked up it's very sad it is um, sad i I just think that like the the time travel just took away this whole interesting world had happened. Uh, Sarah had learned had like lost and then learned to love again with Robin Williams as adults. And the idea that they went back and they in this new world, so they started dating at twenty six, where time traveled back to ten, where they presumably are still together because we see them again in their thirties, married with kids. So their relationship has like they've been married for thirty years. Basically, I mean that is a at at the point that they are thirty. There's just it's just an unbelievable relationship for them to have. It's just so terrible, 
and then on top of that, all the other stuff that we learned and grew and changed, like Kirsten Dunst and the, and, and the boring monkey kid, they like are just back to not remembering anything now. So all of their growing and changing has stopped. It's terrible. I, I mean, I, I think that most kids, if you gave them the choice, hey, do you want to forget your summer wacky adventures or have your parents back? They probably choose parents. Well, I'm not sure, but uh, we don't give them the choice. That's a weird you know, choice to give them. The more you know interesting what? choice for the film would be that they don't get their parents back. I mean, yeah, it would be the more interesting choice for the film. It would be the more interesting choice for the film if he decided to not say Jumanji and like <laughs> it ended with him like cocking a shotgun and oh, being like, shit. now we're in my jungle. Right? <laughs> like this. <laughs> There's a lot of different ways they could have gone with it. (laughs) That is it for our show, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast of attrition. Uh, We we did it. Uh, And oh, and next week. Speaking of things we did, next week we're going to be talking about. Congo. It happened, Woo. Anthony. The votes came through. I don't know if it was because of my constant bullying, um, but the Meat Buddies came through, and we by we're, we're just squeaking Congo in here. So uh, we, we're gonna do it. People I love it so hard. Want to make Amy sad? I get it. We would not want to. And it's you know, it's like I always say, mo monkeys, mo problems. We're gonna do a monkey movie next week. Uh, so excited. So just stick in, stick around for that. Um, thanks to our newest Meat Buddy, our newest Meat Cat, Robert Frost. Also none known as Staple Toast. So thanks, Staple Toast, for becoming a meat cat. We really appreciate it. Um, you can become a meat buddy. Redestry.com slash meat buddies. You can vote on our final jungle movie that we'll do after jung- after uh, our final jungle movie after Congo. Um, and uh, also you can help support the show. Redistribute.com slash meat buddies. Even a small donation really helps us. Uh, and thanks for sticking around, Anthony. Thanks for having the dedication to make it through the whole podcast. I really appreciate it. Oh. I I've always always a pleasure. Uh, all right, we'll talk to you guys soon. Thank you, everybody. Goodbye. Pshh.